0: Good cross. I stand. shame he wore every thorn adding to his
1: have your Bible, uh, something that opens the Bible, open it up to Psalm 119, continuing on with our series in this beautiful Psalm 119. We'll be looking at verses 17 through 24. Open my eyes. There's a story about a woman named Rose Crawford who had been born blind, been uh, blind all of her life, and around the years, the age of 50, she was able to receive a surgery that restored her vision. Fifty years of blindness, suddenly gone. And as the doctor removed the bandages from her eyes, the story goes, she gasped. And then she began to weep. As she saw for the very first time, colors and shapes and people's faces. I don't know if we can ever truly imagine what it would be like to be blind for 50 years, and to suddenly have our eyesight. Sight is such a marvelous gift that we often, I think, take it for granted. But even more important than physical sight is spiritual sight, to be able to see with the eyes of the Lord. Today's scripture and message deal with this issue of spiritual sight and spiritual blindness. Let's read our scripture together, Psalm 119, starting again in verse 17. He says, Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes, that I may see wondrous things from your law. I am a stranger in the earth. Do not hide your commandments from me. My soul breaks with longing for your judgments at all times. You rebuke the proud, the cursed. Stray from your commandments, remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Princes also sit and speak against me, but your servant meditates on your statutes. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. We pause a moment for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, we thank you for its truth, we thank you for the fact that it is applicable here in 27, just as it was when it was written thousands of years ago. And we pray your Holy Spirit would be active, moving in this place. Lord, that you would remove all barriers in our lives that keep us from being changed from the inside out by your Word and your Holy Spirit. And it is your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Just a reminder, the Psalm 119, 22 sections, each section begins with the next letter of the alphabet. Today is the third section. The third letter of the Hebrew alphabet, that is, is Gamel. Now you thought, well, gosh, you know, last week was a B sound. Maybe this week will be a C sound. That's not how the Hebrew alphabet works. This is Gamel. This is a G-sounding letter if you were thinking of it like English. And in verse 17, it begins with the word Gamal, which is translated in my version, deal bountifully. Some of the other English Bibles, it might be translated, be kind, show kindness. The idea behind this phrase, deal bountifully, is gracious giving, a grace gift. The author, the psalmist is asking, Lord, please give me what I don't deserve. He recognizes that the best gifts come from the Lord. He asks from the Lord because he knows the Lord gives what is best. And while there are many things that the psalmist could ask for, and perhaps he does ask for a few different things in this scripture, there is one to me that is a pinnacle. And it's in verse 18 when he says, Open my eyes that I may see. Open my eyes. You see, he recognizes that it is the Lord that gives sight. But he's not asking for physical sight here. He is asking for spiritual sight. Because spiritual blindness is just as awful, if not worse. Now Let me take that back. Spiritual blindness is way worse than physical blindness. I want the Lord to give me spiritual sight, even if it means taking away my physical sight. Because while physical blindness keeps us from seeing physical beauty and physical things around us, spiritual blindness keeps us from seeing God. It keeps us from seeing the world through God's eyes. keeps us from living life how God would want us to live it. Spiritual blindness causes us to miss God in so many ways. The psalmist gives us a few different ways here I want to point out to you of how spiritual blindness can affect us. It causes us to miss the wondrous things of God. It causes us to be distracted by the bad things of this world. And it causes us to miss our own need for God's intervention. So there's three things I want us to see about spiritual blindness. It is first that spiritual blindness causes us to miss the wondrous things of God. He asks for spiritual sight that he might see the wondrous things from God's law. You caught that, right? He didn't say give me spiritual sight so I may know what's going to happen in the future or that I may know what's the best plan for me. He says give me Eyes that see that I can see your wondrous things from your law. He wants spiritual sight so he can read and understand God's Word all the more better. We, humanity that is, are naturally blinded from God's wondrous things because of sin. We're going to talk about that more in just a moment. And so we need to ask God for eyesight. We need to ask God for 2020 vision in order to see His wondrous things. Now, the psalmist speaks of the law, but I don't want you to leave here thinking, so am I supposed to ask the Lord to help me to understand Leviticus better? Because I thought like all those dietary laws the Lord Jesus did away with in the New Testament. He did. That's not what I think He's talking about. You see, when He says the law... When he says the meditations, when he says the statutes, when he says the judgments, all these different interchangeable words to talk about God's Word, he's talking about God's Word that was written out at this time in history. And more than likely that was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The first five books of the Bible, we call them. Back then, that's all they had. You start thinking about all of the wonderful things that are contained in those first five books of the Bible. And and there are many, and I want to just point out three, that when we are given spiritual sight, we can see all the more better. Lord, open my eyes that I may see the wondrous things of your law. What might he have been talking about? Well, first I can think off is creation. The Lord's creation act is contained in the law. First part of Genesis, we all know that, right? In the beginning, the earth was void, right? You know that creation is one of God's wondrous things. Who hasn't marveled at a sunrise or a sunset? The way the sky seems to be so clear after a powerful storm. Or so many of the wonderful, really interesting creatures that inhabit the earth with us that cause us to say, Wow, God, that was pretty creative and imaginative. A while back I talked about how every year scientists, uh, uh, not create, they discover they discover another two to 3,000 different species of creatures on this planet. Bugs, animals, and even plants. They're not, they're not done discovering all the wonderful creation that inhabits this earth with us. But when we are spiritual blind, spiritually blind, we miss this. In spiritual blindness, we're not marveled by these wondrous acts of creation. Instead, we take them for granted or we miss them all together. When you see the lack of respect for human life, that's spiritual blindedness. When you see a lack of respect for God's creation, throwing your trash out the window, hey, you may think that's no big deal, but that's a spiritual blindness that doesn't see the wondrous act of creation that God has given us. We need spiritual sight so that we can once again be marveled at just that simple little thing, God's creation. The Bible tells us that creation, in and of itself, was one of God's special revelations to mankind. If you read through Romans, what you'll get is that part of God's purpose in creation, the trees, the sunshine, all that is surrounding us, is to reveal to humanity that there is a God, and He is powerful. Here's another wonderful thing the law speaks of. I, I love this one. God's sovereignty. Whether it be over creation, the story of the great flood, the story of the Tower of Babel, the call of Abraham to follow Him, or the splitting of the Red Sea, these stories in the law in the Old Testament tell us about God's hand of authority and power over all things. And we need to see this wondrous thing because it reminds us that we are not in control and that we are not alone. God did not speak these things into existence and then say, all right, I'm going to leave you on your own now, guys. Y'all just take care of it. But that He is actively involved. We need that because when bad things happen, we need the reminder, you know what, God is still in control. I may not understand the purpose of this happening, but He does. and I've got to trust in that. Spiritual blindness keeps us from seeing that God is in control in every situation. And so what ends up happening is we start talking about things like luck or karma or the stars. There is only one all-powerful creator and and force over the entire universe, and that is God Almighty. There is no such thing as luck. There is no such thing as karma. There is no such thing as astrology. These are make-up things that people use to try to deal with life. That spiritual blindness we need the Lord to give us spiritual sights that we see. Even in the bad, even in the good, He is sovereign. He is in control. He is in power. The law also speaks of God's graciousness on humanity. Third thing, real quick. So many times, God could have wiped humanity off the face of the earth. He came real close in the flood, in the story of Noah and the flood, right? But even in that, God chose to keep humanity on. Why? Because he has a lot of patience, because he is gracious in his nature. What the law teaches us about God is that he is slow to anger and quick to forgive. Say that with me, slow to anger and quick to forgive. But when we are spiritually blinded, what we end up thinking is is that God is going to send the lightning any moment. But That's not God. He put up with the Israelites and their sinfulness for hundreds and hundreds of years before He sent them off to Babylon. He is slow to anger and He is quick to forgive. And God's law shows that God is like a father who shows never-ending patience with His children. God relents with humanity, not because He is overlooking their sin, but because He is patient and He is merciful and He is gracious. These wonderful things are not seen with the physical eyes, but with the spiritual eyes that have as their focus God's goodness. And God's word is full of more than just these three wondrous things. Open my eyes, Lord, that I may see your wondrous things. The second way that spiritual blindness affects us is it causes us to focus on the bad things of this world, on the negative things of this world. We are easily distracted right? We could be talking and, oh, shiny penny, right? I mean, we're just, we're just that bad. And when it comes to bad things in life, that really distracts us. And when we are spiritually blinded, we are more apt to say, oh, well, the world is ending because bad things have just happened. But there's two particular ways that I see the psalmist talking about how bad things distract him. The first thing he mentions is pride. You look at verse 21, and he says, You rebuke the proud. And when I was studying this, I kept reading that over, and I kept wondering, is this a personal testimony of the psalmist? Had he experienced the rebuke that comes with pride? You know, a lot of historians believe that the Psalm 119 was written by David, and he certainly had some pride-filled moments in his life. We could go through the Scriptures and talk about that. Perhaps he experienced the rebuke that comes from the Lord when we are filled with pride. And I can say that I have known this rebuke for pride personally many, many times in my lifetime. And I believe pride is often the root of most sin, if not all sin. Because what pride does is it replaces God on the throne of our heart. And it says, God, you're pretty good, but I like me a whole lot. I like me some me. I love me some me. It's, it's Pride is all about pleasing self, gratifying self, promoting self, being jealous for ourselves. Here in verse 21 it says, The proud have strayed from your God's commandments. It is not by accident that the psalmist speaks of God opening his eyes. God, open my eyes that I may see your wondrous things. And then moves right on in in verse 21 to pride in the same section. Because pride often affects our eyes. The Bible says that God despises those with haughty eyes. That means boast-filled, pride-filled eyes. Pride often causes us to look down on everyone else, to elevate ourselves above everybody else. If I said to you, blinded by, most of you would say, okay, nobody would, pride. That's a phrase I kept... Trying to think about it all week, and my wife says, I've never heard of that. I've heard that. Blinded by pride or blinded by arrogance. Maybe you've heard it like that. Consider the story of the Titanic. Blinded by pride, they chose to believe their ship was unsinkable and they didn't even really look for icebergs. Pride. Lord, open my eyes. Then the second issue I would simply list as slander. He gives us three little statements here. He says, remove from me reproach and contempt. And then in verse 23, he says, princes also sp- sit and speak against me. You know, there are going to come times in our life when people hurt our reputation. There are going to be times when people talk ill against us. And you may say, and, and it's, it is, on, on one side I would say, it's important for us to not care what people are saying necessarily, but I would also say in the same breath, only a fool says they don't care about their reputation. It was King Solomon who said that uh, a good name is better than precious ointment. For how can we declare the gospel or the goodness of God if our reputation has been tarnished? And so why I would say let's not care too much about what others think of us. At the same time, I would say we need to care about our reputation for the sake of the glory of God. That being said, we cannot allow ourselves to lose focus or be distracted, become spiritually blinded by the slander of others. So what do we do? Well, we do what he does. What is he doing in this scripture? He says, remove from me reproach and contempt. What he's doing is he's going to the Lord. You see, sometimes when our reputation has been slandered, when our name has been sent into the gutters, what we want to do is rush out and clear it up ourselves. But you know, that just, it causes more harm than it does good. It's like when you get that ink blot on your shirt and you're trying to wipe it and all it does is smear more and more, right? You ever had, am I the only one that gets ink on himself? I've done that many a times. But if we will take it to the Lord and say, Lord, give me spiritual sight in light of this circumstance. Listen, He is more than able to take care of things. When we go to Him in prayer, we are going to the author of life. We are going to the most just judge. And if we are wrong and we deserve that slander, in other words, our reputation has been harmed because we actually have lived up to that reputation Listen, there is no better place to go than to the Lord and say, Lord, give me spiritual sight. Obviously, I deserve this, but Lord, will you please repair this? There's no better place to go. He is the one that heals all wounds, including those wounds on our reputation, I believe. And there's no better place to go than to His gracious hand, because the restoration we need is not just to our reputation, but also to our relationship with the Lord of hosts. But if we are wronged and we are being slandered for no good reason, I say again, there is no better judge to go to than the Lord God Almighty. He says that He will wrong all or right, all wrongs. <laughs> he says that He will right all wrongs. What is our job in that situation? The Bible is repetitive in this statement. You just do good even to those who do evil against you. Don't worry about that slander. Don't let it blind you. Don't let it blind you to God and how He can use you. You'll notice those two distractions are categorized as self and others. Listen, the bad things in this life are going to come from either yourself or from outside of you. That's just how it comes. And the only thing we can really do to prepare for it is go to the Lord and say in spite of that, Lord, give me sight that I may see Your wondrous things. Then the third way that spiritual blindness affects us is it causes us to miss our own need for God and His Word. Perhaps the biggest need for spiritual sight is so that we can see our need for God and His intervention in our life. We are lost without God. We are blind without God. Since creation, when Eve and Adam took a bite of that forbidden fruit, Mankind was hurled into what is called inherited sin. That means from the moment we are born, we are born in iniquity. We are born in sinfulness. And because of that sinfulness, we are blinded. That's why we need, we are in desperate need for God, for His Word, for His intervention in our life. The psalmist knows his deep spiritual need for spiritual vision and that that eyesight only comes from God as a gracious gift. As we read through that, perhaps you noticed his crying out to God. One of them was, deal bountifully, that I may live. He knows that true life only comes from the Lord. He says that I'm a stranger in the land. Now that doesn't mean he's an illegal alien, that we need to call ice on him. What that means is that he is a sojourner. That's more appropriately the translation there. What that means is he is a temporary resident. The land being the earth. Listen, we are all temporary residents of this place. We need something eternal. And there is only one thing eternal we have in possession. And that is God's word. We desperately need his word in our life. He says, my soul is breaking in longing. That idea there is that there's a hunger. There's a fulfillment and a satisfaction that the psalmist wants. And he realizes it's only going to come from God's word in his life. And then he says finally, your testimonies, another word for the Bible, your testimonies are my delight and my counselor. He realizes that the best word of advice comes from God's word. It's an important question that we must all consider in all of this. Do we know And do we recognize our deep spiritual need for God and His Word in our life? Life on earth is short. The preacher in Ecclesiastes says that it's a vapor and it blows away in the wind. There are many things that we can yearn for in this life, but nothing surpasses the Word of God. His touch on our life. Therefore, it would be wise for us to pray His prayer. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law, that I may see your goodness, that I may see through the distractions that this world is going to throw up at me, that I may see my need for your word. Maybe you're saying, okay, that's good, so what? How how do I live in spite of this? And if you're saying that, that may mean I have not emphasized well enough how big a deal spiritual blindness and sight really is. Because spiritual eyesight isn't about our physical eyes, like I was telling a little kid. It's about our heart, our spiritual heart, our soul, where the Lord resides. Spiritual blindness hinders us from so many different things. It affects us in so many facets of of our life. For instance, spiritual blindness keeps us lost. In regards to salvation, it keeps us from seeing about our need for salvation, that we are indeed a sinner in need of a Savior. The hardest part of witnessing to people is not sharing the gospel story, often it is trying to convince them that they are not saved by their works. They are not saved by their lack of bad deeds or their good deeds, but instead they can only be saved by faith in Jesus Christ. But for the born-again believer, spiritual blindness affects us just as much. Spiritual blindness keeps us from fulfilling our purpose for the glory of God. Spiritual blindness hinders us from being obedient to the Holy Spirit's leading and direction on our lives. Spiritual blindness keeps us from seeing what Christ has done for us and continues to do for us every single day. When we are spiritually blind, we are no longer being led by the truth of God's Word, but instead we're being led by something else. Our emotions, our doubts, our fears, our feelings... Our natural senses take over and we start using something other than spiritual eyesight to lead the life that Christ has given to us. The Bible tells us that we are to live by faith and not by sight, but spiritual blindness kills our ability to be living life by faith. Spiritual blindness is awful in our life with the Lord. Spiritual blindness also keeps us from seeing the needs of those around us, especially their spiritual needs. Let's face it. The modern-day church in America, and I don't mean just in Comedale, but in America, we're having some issues. I don't see many churches succeeding at the Great Commission, making disciples. Baptisms in the modern-day American church are way down. Seeing people saved is going way, way down. Sunday morning attendance has gone way, way down. Giving is way, way down. We don't like that one, right? Could that actually be caused by spiritual blindedness? Yeah. Start seeing our needs as we want to see them instead of what God wants us to see. Volunteerism in the church serving in the church, just being committed to, and I don't mean this building or this particular locale, but I mean the body of Christ. It's down. And that's spiritual blindedness It affects us as Christians and how we live our life out in faith for Jesus Christ. And so we start measuring, well, I'll do this, this, and this, but that's it. Or, it becomes an afterthought. Yeah, I'll do church as long as it's convenient in my personal schedule and lifestyle. As long as it makes me feel good, that, that's when I'll do. As long as nobody hurts my feelings at that church, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do church. And I know many of you are like, well, wait, we're here this morning. Stop picking on us, right? Listen, I'm not picking on you. I'm picking on me, too. Listen, I started doing some soul reflection during this week. I started wondering, you know, Brian, when was the last time you called somebody that you saw missing from the congregation you hadn't seen in a while? You know, it's been a couple of weeks. I've got to be honest with you. It's been a couple of weeks. I asked myself, Brian, when was the last time you found someone that didn't attend church anywhere and invited them to be a part of worship or to come to your church? I got to be honest, it's probably been a couple of weeks, maybe even more than a couple of weeks. And then I hurt I really hurt myself when I said, "Brian, when was the last time you started a conversation for the purpose of sharing the gospel?" I got to be honest, it's probably been more than a month. I hope y'all don't fire me tonight at the business meeting because of that. <laughs> I'm bearing my soul with you. But I got to tell you, if I'm suffering from that kind of spiritual blindedness, it makes sense that the majority of most Christians in the modern-day American church would be suffering from it as well. Lord, open my eyes that I may see, that I may see. And this is caused by spiritual blindness. It shifts the focus on us. It's all about me. It's all about what I want, what I'm comfortable with. The church will never be the church Christ intended her to be as long as we are focused on ourselves instead of Him. Him. We need spiritual sight. Lord, open my eyes that I may see. The Bible teaches that the greatest cause for spiritual blindness is the devil. He seeks to blind believers to ensnare us through temptations, worries, doubts, fears, depression, loneliness, sin, and even persecution. Did you know the Chinese developed a weapon that blinds soldiers of the oncoming forces? It's a laser light. Uh, Modern day warfare rules actually say that it's illegal, but they did it anyway. And I've just read a little bit about this, but what I understand, they can shoot it into the line of sight of the soldiers and it distorts their vision. It could even blind them and just cause them to see funky. You see, the enemy doesn't have to get rid of us. He just has to blind us to render us ineffective. He doesn't doesn't have to to kill us necessarily to spiritually blind us. It's easy to become spiritually blind when we are relying on ourselves and neglecting the one thing that can enhance our spiritual sight. You know what that is, right? The Word of God. Thank you. Spending time. In our relationship with God through prayer and through His Word. And if we're neglecting spending as much time as we possibly can in prayer and reading His Word, then it's like having a pair of eyeglasses and not ever wearing them. Oh, I can see just fine without them, right? If I get pulled over without those, I get a ticket. In church, the world needs to see us with spiritual eyesight. They will never say it because they are enjoying their spiritual blindedness way, way too much. But they need us to model for them what life with faith in Jesus looks like. So they will cry out the same thing. Open my eyes, Lord, that I may see. Thinking back to Miss Rose Crawford who had been born blind and at the age of 50 she received that awesome surgery that gave her sight. The really funny thing about that story is, is that she could have actually gotten that surgery 20 years earlier. She could have gotten it at the age of 30 and had her sight restored, but instead she went 20 years beyond that point. Why? The doctors said it's because she just didn't know it existed. There is a lost world that doesn't even know that spiritual sight exists. And they never will we don't take it out these doors. And we will never do that if we don't have our focus on the cross of Jesus Christ, if we don't have our focus on the Lord, if we don't have our spiritual sight. How's your eyesight this morning? We're going to have a time of invitation, time of response, time for you to respond to God's Word and however the Holy Spirit may be plucking at your heart, maybe telling you to move. Maybe you're here this morning and you have never... Uh, Confess Jesus as your Savior and Lord. We want to invite you to come and let's talk about that. We're not going to make you write a contract out or anything like that. We just want to answer your questions or at least pray with you. Do what we can. Maybe you have been living life by your own feelings, emotions, depressions, life, whatever. You're saved, but you've just been spiritually blinded by this life in front of you. It's easy to do. This is a great time to turn that all around for him. Turn it all around and turn your focus back on Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We just ask, Lord, that you would speak deeply into each and every one of us. Lord, that we would not be distracted during this time of response by the things of this world, but that instead, Lord, we would be clearly focused on you. Give us spiritual eyesight that we could at least see our condition and our need call out for you. Open my eyes, Lord, that I may see. Holy Spirit, please have your way with us. And it is in your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.